This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Visit BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 52nd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. Uh, we have a lot of fun stuff going on this weekend. This is like the, greatest, it's like the greatest weekend of all time. <laughs> greatest time of the year, at least. It, def- it, it absolutely is, according to me, because it always is. But uh, a lot of fun stuff going on this weekend. Football starting. We got a fantasy draft, fantasy football draft this weekend. You, you've been telling me all your strategies and everything. So those are all fake strategies. You're so, gonna you're gonna kill it. Yeah, keeping all my real strategies to myself. Um, yeah, we got a lot to talk a lot to talk about this week. Um, we're gonna preview the Wyoming game. We are previewing football games for Mizzou because they play this Saturday. So that's really exciting. And then. We've got some fun segments we're going to do. Uh, we're basically just going to completely rip off a segment from the old radio show, um, Rosillo and Canel, mm-hmm. uh, where they drafted college football playoff contenders uh, to see who could predict the correct playoff scenario. So uh, they're not on the air anymore, and they would never find out that we did this. So if we get real big, we'll that cancel. makes it okay. We'll delete all the episodes. Um, if if it's a problem with Ryan, I'll reach out to him on Twitter and just make sure it's okay. Yeah, really clear up the air. Yeah. Uh, before we do any of that, though, we have some news, and we'll start it off with a little bit of basketball news, some visits to talk about uh, that have been scheduled. Uh, 2020 big man Davian Bradford has scheduled an official visit to Missouri for September 14th. Uh, Missouri will be hosting SEMO. Uh, in football so he'll get to see a blowout hopefully um yeah this is uh this is definitely good news i think that we might be on commitment watch uh for this visit um i think that missouri will pr- has probably will roll out the red carpet for davian bradford I, th- I think this is definitely a guy they want he's just, he's on their uh prior- priority a list so um hopefully this visit goes well um i'm sure it will as most visits do i'm sure Uh, Do you know if he has any other uh, official visits scheduled? Not that I'm aware of. I think that he will end up at Missouri, and probably just a matter of when that happens. Another guy that has an official official visit scheduled is Josh Christopher. You may have heard of him. Uh, He... His official visit got leaked. I didn't see the original tweet. I just saw him reacting to it, and the tweet was deleted. Yeah. So... I don't know. Did you see any more than that? No, I really didn't. I, I'm not really sure what happened, but but yeah, exactly as you said, he's he, his reaction was like, I don't know how this got leaked, but yeah. yes, I guess I'll like announce now that yeah. I'm taking official visits. He is so that'll be his second trip to Columbia, and it's going to be during basketball season, so mm-hmm. much later than the visits that we're talking about right now. Um, he's also visiting Kentucky and. 
that's all that really which matters, i think he scheduled opinion. a uh an official and an unofficial to kentucky so yeah. two visits to kentucky he's not visiting arizona state because i guess he goes there all the time yeah so which is what we thought maybe caleb love might do with mizzou mm-hmm. um so joshua christopher is not going to go to arizona state he is going to visit ucla but i think that's really the only like western school that he's going to visit which surprised me a little bit it, it's just a good sign that they're going to get him back on campus though i yeah. mean that's the only thing you can hope for at this point just Mm -hmm. stay in the mix as long as possible i think they have a shot we'll see got it a longer longer way to go on that one probably than caleb love yeah all right switching gears now to football uh first thing i have here the football team has announced that the 2020 game against arkansas which was obviously supposed to be a home game uh, technically, will still be a home game for Mizzou, but it will be held at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Yeah, I think that'll be cool. Um, obviously, we're playing at Arkansas in Little Rock this year, so they're they're hosting their game in a different place. And so, I guess uh, I think we owed Arrowhead like another game. I, I'm yeah, not what really I read sure exactly was what um, I was reading a little bit about that, but the um, MU curators in the Kansas City region. Uh, we're worried that with the move to the SEC, Missouri MU's presence in Kansas City would be diminished. And so part of getting the Kansas City area curators on board with the move to the SEC was to say, no, don't worry about it. We'll still play in the Sprint Center. We'll still play at Arrowhead. So they're basically just uh, fulfilling that commitment. Gotcha. Yeah, I think it's a good move, especially it being Thanksgiving weekend and on Black Friday and everything. Obviously, all the students are probably going to be out of town and everything. So it being in Kansas City, I think, gives them a better opportunity to maybe uh, have a, a better turnout for that game. And uh, if you remember, I think the 2015 season is the last time we played a game at Arrowhead against BYU. Yep. <clears throat> that was Drew Locke's, I almost said rookie year. <laughs> <laughs> Drew Locke's freshman year. Uh, we had an amazing defense, terrible offense, uh, barely squeaked by BYU. And that was, the, I think, the game right after Gary Pinkle announced his retirement and mm-hmm. a couple of guys like kind of awkwardly carry him off the field and yeah. just like a bizarre ending to the A night. really weird season. Yeah. <laughs> Not very much good football being played. Right. Yeah, I guess that was the, the uh, protest season as well. So yeah. yeah, that was just an all-around bizarre year. So hopefully this is, even though we won that game, hopefully this is just a better yeah experience a little better taste in our mouth after uh this game at arrowhead next year uh next up for the news the uh captains were announced for the 2019 football season they consist of quarterback kelly bryant running back larry roundtree cornerback demarcus ac linebacker kale garrett and defensive tackle jordan elliott so in my opinion no surprises at all there no surprises um yes or no uh, all five of those guys are gone after this season. Larry Roundtree and Jordan Elliott yes. are juniors. Yes. Okay. I think I agree with you. Maybe maybe on Larry Roundtree. We'll see. I was about to say. I got to stay on, on brand from last <laughs> from last week. I said Larry Roundtree would not leave. So yeah. so in that in that case, I absolutely very strongly disagree with you. Larry Roundtree will will not leave. Okay. After this season. We'll see how many times you change your <laughs> okay. mind on that. Uh, more football news. 
Wide receiver Alex Ofadale is retiring from football. And one thing that I read that I thought was kind of cool, he already has his master's degree at 22 years old. Wow, that's very impressive. Uh, and his dad, obviously, is the tight ends coach at Missouri. Uh, it's it's a bummer to see. Um, it's, he's kind of had a strange like arc from high school. Obviously, he was like a five star recruit. Yeah. Um, really really big deal. And then went played to, in Columbia at Rock. Yeah, played literally in Columbia. Then goes to Oregon for college, which is really far away. Obviously, so kind of a strange move there. Um, you heard it here first. Oregon is far away from Missouri. Do we, you agree with me? I do. Okay. I strongly agree. <laughs> That's good. So we do agree on that. Uh, not on Larry Roundtree, but we no. do agree on Oregon being Geography. far away. Geography, yes. Um, so yeah, he didn't really play there, and then comes back. Doesn't I don't even think he caught a pass at Missouri last year. Maybe he did. I don't know. Not he didn't do very much though. So uh, interesting. Just kind of last four or five years for him, but obviously super smart guy. He's gonna carve out a uh, a career somewhere not in football. And then last bit of news I have is quarterback Lindsey Scott Jr. has decided to transfer from Missouri. Yeah, no surprise there after he got beat out for the second uh, string with uh, Taylor Powell. Uh, it's pretty shocking, actually, a little bit because he still has to play on my seven on seven team. <laughs> so I was going to ask who drafted. <laughs> I am a little bit bummed about that, considering now it's going to have to be I'm going to have to beat you six on seven somehow. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Or I'm going to have to get my backup quarterback in there which I don't know who it is at this point. So I'm just, I'm too sad to even think about it. Yeah. Your season's over Yeah, as far as seven on seven goes. It is. Uh, another thing that probably impacted his decision was Sean Robinson. Yeah, definitely. Uh, joining the team. Yeah. I, I, I mean, totally understand at this point. I mean, it just, the playing time is not going to be there for him here. Uh, so good luck to him. I hope he finds a good, uh, another opportunity somewhere. I'm sure he's super, he's a talented kid. He's going to, he's going to find a good, somewhere i'm sure all right that's all the news i have unless anything snuck in on us you got anything uh you wanted to talk about the depth chart that's coming up later right yeah, yeah. okay okay we'll talk about that uh a little um later. so we got two options for our next little segment here we can do our college football playoff draft or we can run through the sec week one slate and do the first edition of SEC Pick'em Plus Nebraska for the new year. What are you trying to tell us, producer Cameron? We always end with the SEC Pick'em, so I think we should That's keep good the, point. Let's do the traditional live. Okay, let's, let's do it. So, for anybody that doesn't know, what we are doing here, I'll try to explain it as best as I can. We're each going to have four spots representing the four teams that make the college football playoff. We're going to do a snake draft. And basically, we're picking teams that we think have a shot of ending up in the Final Four at the end of the year. And then when that time comes, we will look at our rosters of teams, and whoever has the highest average according to the college football playoff rankings will win. Easy enough. And I'll pull up a random number generator. Uh, If I think Clemson's going to win, I can't pick them for all four spots. That's absolutely correct. You cannot. Okay. Had him just make sure because if I could, I probably would. All right. Producer Cameron's number one. Kyle's number two. I'm number three. Snake draft. Oh my god. And I get the first pick. Wait, what? 
I'm random number generating. Oh, I thought you were saying the draft no, no, order. No, no. I was like, I thought you just said you're third. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. And Kyle gets the second pick. I like that so much better, actually. Yeah, yeah. you actually you probably lucked out. I did. Speaking of luck, oh, my can we take a second word. and talk about Andrew Luck? Oh, uh, yeah, we could take a second. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Because that, that's a whirlwind of a story. He retired at the age of 29, uh, like a probably top six quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And his home team fans booed him off the field when he wasn't even playing in a preseason game. Yeah. Uh, I was definitely shocked when I saw that on like the breaking news, like bottom line. I don't remember what I was watching. I think it was the Florida Miami game. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was definitely uh, shocking. Um, not shocking that fans did something stupid. Uh, I just will say, I guess, good for him that he's able to go out on his own power. Yeah. And he seems like a really, really cool guy, really yeah. obviously smart guy. So um, more pa- more power to him, I guess, for uh, getting out when he wants to. And he's going to have a, a very good life ahead of him. Yeah. I I still don't really get the, the booing or like people being angry with him. I mean, no, I mean, it's his life. Yeah. Like, he's the one who's been hurt off and on. Like, right. why? He's done everything it, yeah. he can for you at this yeah. point. And I'm sure if he could play and felt like he could play yeah. and be healthy, he totally would. Right. So, yeah, it doesn't really make know. sense. Anyway, that was a dumb. Uh, sidebar, but that was kind of a crazy story. So, I mm-hmm. want to see what you guys thought. Yeah, that was so shocking for sure. All right. So, um, we're not really going to have a clock or anything. This should go pretty quick. We're just going to pick some teams. <laughs> nice. And I have the first number, uh, the first overall pick, so I'm going to pick Clemson. I think they're going to be number one the entire season, not lose a game, and end up in the Final Four. I'll take Alabama. Producer Cameron, you're on the clock. I will take Oklahoma. Can you speak into your mic a little more? Oklahoma. Sorry, can't see my screen. And you get another pick? Snake draft. Yeah. Ohio State's not, like, banned, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent question. No, and they never will be no matter what happens. <laughs> I'll take Ohio State. Interesting. Well, I've already taken Alabama, which is an SEC school. Are they? Uh, the other very obvious school that I could take at the moment is Georgia, which is also an SEC school. You're kind of hedging your bet there, you know. Uh, so I get, Yeah, I guess I'm going to get one of these two schools in, so I'll, I'll pick Georgia. You could get them both. That actually happened. It could. Not after Missouri beats Georgia, though. That's true. I guess I'm going to have to root for Georgia now, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So I get two picks here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and snatch up the next best SEC team in LSU. And then I'm going to pass on Michigan and take the lower ranked Notre Dame. So that brings it back to you, Kyle. Um, I'm also going to pass on Michigan. I'm going to pass on Florida and I'm going to take Texas. That would suck if Texas made the Final Four. I unfortunately think Texas might be pretty good this year. But I would hate that. Yeah. That'd be awful. Producer Cameron, you're up. Your Mm. third pick. (laughs) 
I thought I was going to take Michigan, but I don't know if I want two Big Ten teams. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I don't even want one Big Ten you team. You could take Nebraska, dude. Sleeper. <laughs> um, I guess I'll take Florida. And your last pick. Sleeper Washington. From the Pac-10 that, or Pac-12 that has been shut out of the playoff entirely. Yeah. Multiple times. They're due. Someone's got to get in. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, Sleeper, Utah. Again, from the Pac-12. All right, and I will finish us off with... Nebraska's ranked 24th. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Clemson, LSU, Notre Dame. I'll take Michigan. Good value there. Good value. So the way this works, next week, how do we decide order? Uh, Next week, you'll get first opportunity to do anything. Okay. Um, And you can switch out any of your teams for any that are unclaimed. And then, but you can only do one. Yeah. And then it'll be Kyle's turn and then my turn. And then you can do a second one if you want. You could do four in one week you just have to take turns okay and then if you don't if you stand pat you'll have the first opportunity to do it again next week oh okay. so you'll have first opportunity until you until do i it. take it yeah okay so i ended up with a four-team roster of clemson lsu notre dame and michigan kyle has alabama georgia texas and utah producer cameron has Oklahoma, Ohio State, Florida, and Washington. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, any of these teams lose Week One. Probably uh, not. Uh, yeah, I would. I would think not. But Florida almost did. <laughs> man, uh, that was an ugly game. Oh man, I, I kind of lost interest just because every other play was. I guess it was exciting, but it was just so ugly. I mean, did you watch the very beginning? Uh, yeah, I think so. Was it just me or were the players just like so amped? Oh, like yeah. they were like freaking out. They yeah. were like tweaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they were ready to legitimately have a brawl. Yeah, they were going crazy, but I guess that's what you want. I but, suppose. Uh, they both are were just terrible, terrible yeah. offense. Yeah. Stupid Made me mistakes. Not scared of Florida whatsoever this season. Yeah. And I wouldn't be too scared of Miami if I was in the Obviously, ACC. like, a long way away from the Florida game. We don't play them for, like, two months. Yeah, that's but... what sucks. I w- kind of wish we were playing them, like, instead of South Carolina yeah, right at the beginning. I agree. All right. So, now, without further ado, we will preview Wyoming. Let's do it. Uh, Missouri plays at Wyoming after hosting them last year. Wyoming is – this is their first game of the season – uh, in the S&P Plus, they're ranked 77th in the country, and they are in the Mountain West Conference. And like I said, Missouri beat them last year in Columbia 40-13. to 13. So I thought each week when we preview the team, we could just go ahead and talk about the depth chart Yeah. Um, at that time and see if there's any changes from the previous week. This week, we have the first official depth chart for a game. Mm-hmm. You want to take us through any uh, notable things in that? Yeah, uh, obviously the the big thing that a lot of people have pointed out on Twitter and everything uh, is Jarvis Ware. 
uh, starting at cornerback over Christian Holmes, who I thought was very, very good at times last year, um, maybe even better than AC was for a lot of the year. Um, now, Holmes, I don't believe, played in the secondary in high school. Either that or he may have played, uh, I think he may have played both ways at, to some degree. But So he may not have a ton of experience playing cornerback, uh, but I still thought he was very good at times last year. So I was surprised to see uh, Jarvis Ware starting over Holmes, but I think both those guys will both play a ton. So honestly, it probably doesn't end up meaning a whole lot for uh, snap count. Um, so that was the big thing for sure. Uh, there was definitely some some true freshmen that uh, are on the two and three deep. Um, one of them that surprised me was an on offensive line. Uh, Thalen, Thalen Robinson is a true freshman, and he is on the two deep backing up uh, Trevor Wallace-Sims at right guard. Uh, you just don't normally see offensive linemen, like true freshmen offensive linemen, come in and potentially you know, play right away because it just takes a long time for them to develop their bodies into. Yeah. You also don't usually see many true freshmen that are six, seven, three fifteen, though. That is a good point. Um, and then Mar- uh, Maurice Massey is on the two deep behind Jonathan Nance. Uh, so we've seen some pretty impressive things from Massey uh, just on random videos out of fall camp and stuff. So freak athlete, um, his body looks college ready. I didn't realize how tall he was. He's listed at 6'3", and he looks every bit of it when you see little yeah. highlight tapes. Super built and really fast. So um, definitely a guy that's going to see the the field a lot. Um, and then you I know, feel really good about that top seven. I do too. Wide receiver right. list. I do too. And and Nance is obviously a senior, so you know Massey may have a ton of playing time in his time at Missouri if if he's going to take over that that starting spot next year. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see Jalen Knox and Cam Scott as like a or, so either one of them could really be the starter, I guess. Um, I I like I really like Cam Scott. Obviously, he's a really good player. Made some crazy athletic plays last His year. First Super catch exciting ever plays. Was that ridiculous touchdown that, grab? We that just snatched oh it out of the air. Gosh, that was one of the most athletic looking plays I've literally maybe ever seen. Yeah. That was so cool. And uh, I, I just think Jalen Knox it maybe isn't as much the spectacular play guy, but it's just like the rock, you know, he's always really steady and super talented. So which is saying a lot considering he's a true sophomore. This exactly. Season. Yeah. So I think we have to, we may have to count on Jalen Knox a lot for, for somebody who hasn't played a whole lot. Uh, but I think both those guys are, are, uh, are going to play a ton obviously. So those are really, uh, the things that the only things that really, I guess, surprise me, uh, per se, but, um, Thanks, Menards. For that Somebody ad. just got like a free ad on our on our yeah, podcast. Menards. They did not just. Um, what can you tell me about Jatorian Hansford? Uh, yeah, he is a guy that I think he's a sophomore because I think yeah. I don't think he redshirted last year. He probably played on special teams and stuff. But um, normally, may not expect him to come in and start. But obviously, with our lack of depth at defensive end. Uh, he's going to be counted on to perform and really pretty quickly. Um, I don't know a whole lot about him yet, but I know he he plays very violently, uh, and he's gonna he's gonna hit hard. He's gonna uh, give you a hundred percent all the time. Really good motor. Uh, he probably still needs to work on his technical form and just make sure he really knows the playbook. So that's probably what he spent all off season doing was just working on his. 
technique. his technique and yeah, just learning the plays and learning the scheme. So it might take a few games for him to really get up to speed, but he could end up having a really nice, uh, really nice season. I think he'll be a really good player by the time he's, uh, he's done. We need somebody to step up and provide a uh, dependable pass rush. Yeah. And of course, uh, uh, Trajan Jeffcoat is another sophomore who has a ton of potential. Will probably be a really elite uh, pass rusher at some point, but he has been sidelined for pretty much all fall camp with a elbow injury. Uh, so he's going to miss week one. He's not even on the death chart, I don't think. But um, he hopefully will be back uh, whenever the games start to count. And then as and then Trey Williams also is another guy who's right. going to work into the rotation now. So there's there's a ton of bodies, not maybe not a ton, but there's bodies at, at defensive end. We just need somebody to to be consistent and step up. And we may end up getting a decent pass rush from you know Jordan Elliott and some of those guys on the interior, right. um, with Akil Byers um, as well. So I honestly, we might get the most sacks from our interior line uh, this year. I don't know. It'll be interesting. And now it's confirmed that Tucker McCann will be punting and kicking field goals slash extra points. So that'll be kind of interesting. I yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen that before, but Not I mean, I, I don't know. I they, I've seen it so many times talked about online about kind of like a pitch count with him for sure. for punting and, and kicking, but I don't know if I really buy that. You know, somebody who's in good shape and and plays every day, practices every day. I can't imagine that would be that big of a deal that he has to punt a few times right. on top Hopefully of his kicking duties. Yeah. All right. So specifically talking about Wyoming, um, last year they got torched by Drew Locke and uh, Emmanuel Hall. Locke threw for almost 400 yards and four touchdowns and emmanuel hall had 10 catches for 171 yards that's crazy so they wyoming last year was kind of known for their defense you know they had like an nfl caliber safety who's not there anymore right and um especially their pass defense in missouri kind of just threw it all over the field on them especially in the second half i was going to say if you if you remember though the first half was a little uh, a little sketchy Mm -hmm. it started off pretty slow um, as a lot of times it seems like Barry Odom teams do, we kind of start off slow at the beginning of the year. But um, yeah, I think this may, I mean, obviously, obviously Emmanuel Hall has been a dependable target for Locke for a couple of years now, but I feel like this was truly the game where it was like, okay, Hall is like the dude. He yeah. is like the number one like receiver far and away. He, our offense depends on him. Right. I think this was the first game where we really saw that. Um, and then pretty pretty quickly after this game we realized when he's not on the field it makes a difference but yeah um there were some crazy plays in this game last year where like i felt like it the the pass from drew lock was almost so perfect it was almost dangerous and <laughs> and emmanuel hall would just snag it and yeah. just come down with it every time so uh yeah both of those guys are gone now so it'll be I, interesting I to say, see it worries who steps me up. a little bit that that was such a huge uh part of that win and it's non-existent this year well fortunately for us and i think we'll cover this in a minute but i think this is a pretty different wyoming team that we're going to see this year so hopefully um we that that won't matter a whole lot yeah since we're talking about missouri's offense we'll go ahead and talk about wyoming's defense um their head coach craig bowl he that's his calling card um when he was in uh, coaching an fcs team um they're building towards that their defense has gotten better every year as far as efficiency goes but they're losing a lot of starters, um, several starters on the defensive line, and that defensive line never really got pressure on the quarterback at all last year. Not even – they didn't even get close to lock in that game. 
Yeah. But in their Mountain West Conference games, they didn't have much of a pass rush. And so they're losing a few of those guys. And uh, they do bring back a few good pieces in their secondary. Uh, like you said, they did have, they lose a, a big name at safety. Um, and they were pretty good against passing offen- offenses last year. However, when they played what I would call an elite duo in Drew Locke and Emmanuel Hall, they got torched. So yeah. I don't <clears throat> see, because we don't know if Missouri has that sort of go-to guy, Emmanuel Hall-esque or Emmanuel Hall light, something like that. Uh, we'll see if somebody emerges, but it may be kind of a game-to-game thing mm-hmm. where somebody, a different guy could go off each game. I think so. It's going to be much more of a committee uh, feel. And honestly, that's probably a good thing because, because like I mentioned, when Emmanuel Hall was not there, we couldn't move the ball at all. And so hopefully the balance is a little bit more th- healthy for the offense overall. I think it definitely will be. Obviously there's some, some talented freshmen that we've talked about already that are going to be a year older and know the playbook better and all the stuff and kind of hopefully taking that next step. Um, another thing I wanted to just throw in here really quick about Wyoming's defense was they, uh, like you said, were already pretty ineffective. Uh, their deep, the, their defensive line, uh, but they lost a starting defensive lineman, uh, Ravante Holt, to a torn ACL uh, about two or three weeks ago. So what was weak is probably even worse now. So, so we expect really... them to not have – expect Missouri to win the battle of the trenches with the offensive line easily. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, as far as Wyoming's offense goes, they were awful passing the ball last year. Decent running the ball, but still their efficiency numbers were just – horrendous um they did suffer a a couple injuries at quarterback kind of went back and forth between two guys now uh redshirt freshman sean chambers is going to be the starter it looks like moving forward um he's more of a runner than a thrower uh last year he won three games that he started and threw the ball a total of 23 times in those three games wow so you never know i mean they could have sort of changed their structure you know when you're when you got a red shirt or when you got a true freshman like he was last year he was able to play in a few games and still red shirt he also uh had an injury that kind of forced that upon them but you know you gotta hope for wyoming's sake that he's picked up a little bit more of the offense as far as throwing the ball goes but um they're going to be heavily reliant on the run this year even if he has improved as a passer and i think uh, Missouri is just going to be able to play man-to-man coverage and basically key on key in on the run and shut them down. I don't think Missouri's defense is going to have any issue with this offense. I think I agree with you, um, <clears throat> and this is a little bit different, but uh, if you recall, last year when we played Purdue, uh, their quarterback was labeled a, a running quarterback and yeah. then threw for like 500 yards against us. Uh, David Blau is his name, if you remember that game. That's not going to happen in this game. I, I think I agree with you, uh, but I don't know, man. I'm not going to be I'm, – I'm, at this point, I don't know if I'm going to be shocked at anything as far as our defense. I think our defense is going to be a lot better this year. Uh, but just like I have nightmares about, you know, the Missouri state game a couple of years ago and, and the Purdue game last year. And some in some of these games where it's like, I feel, I start to feel good about our secondary, but, and then something like that happens. And a lot of those guys that were there for those games are still around. Obviously they're older and more experienced now, but it's kind of the same, same yeah. group of guys. I still though, with this Wyoming team, they are so the opposite of explosive. 
they they don't even try to manufacture home run plays and so they're not just going to stumble onto them by accident yeah i think i I totally see what you're saying and if it was a different team with a little bit more uh a few more athletes at skill positions i would maybe share your concerns a little bit more but wyoming just doesn't have the horses i get that um i mean and this quarterback i think he's so unproven even with an off season, I don't think there's a whole lot of improvement that you'll see from him. I mean, they will be able to hopefully put together some kind of decent offense when it comes to conference play and maybe just wear teams out and really control the ball. But yes, I mean, there's no way they're going to be able to sustain drives against Missouri. Yeah. They definitely want to run it too. Their quarterback is definitely not going to be the focus of what they want to do anyway. So I think you're exactly right when you say they, they're not even trying to really manufacture home run plays. So uh, <clears throat> they've got a, a returning running back by the name of Zaza. Z- <laughs> I think it's pronounced Zazavian. Zazavian Valade. But uh, he's a sophomore and only had he had less than 400 yards and three touchdowns last year. But they mm-hmm. do add a grad transfer from Louisville. Uh, his name is Trey Smith. So a little easier name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they return like. 250 yards total at wide receiver wow so yeah they just don't have the skill guys to compete i don't think um with that being said before we get our official predictions for this game um i was wondering if you could give me like your top three players that you're going to be watching this week that you're really interested in seeing how they perform in this first game um well i think normally I would not say Kelly Bryant, um, but I think this week just it's such an easy answer. But I'm going to say Kelly Bryant just because it's his first game. I'm so excited to see what the offense looks like in comparison to what it's looked like the last three or four years because um, it, it will look different. We will run the ball more. You won't see the explosive plays, not at least not as much as you're used to seeing from Drew Locke and company. So um, it might be a little bit of an adjustment. It may it, just our offense is going to look different. Um, so I'm definitely excited to see Kelly Bryant. Um, I'm excited to see who he throws to the most. I think it's going to be Jalen Knox. So I'll just go ahead and say, I'm going to watch Jalen Knox. Um, and on defense, uh, obviously I'm really excited to see what steps Jordan Elliott's taken. Um, but I think I'm going to say Jarvis Ware, uh, just because he's this, the new name that's really burst onto the scene. And I just, I want to see, um, what he brings to the table. Because definitely, it definitely seems like okay, our secondary has got some guys um, that are experienced, but I mean, so you know, definitely not guys that. Well, I guess AC's been pretty good, but um, Ware has to have probably been pretty good to come in and, and take that start that starting spot from a from a starter. That's what I'm thinking. I don't think that's as much a um, knock on Christian Holmes as it is that Jarvis Ware must have really mm-hmm. been performing. And I think I even saw where. Barry Odom kind of said they have three guys at cornerback that they feel really good about. Yeah, and I, they've talked highly of Jar- of Jarvis Ware really the whole time he's been at Missouri. Obviously, um, last year's fall camp, he was a name that we heard a lot um, and, and played a lot on special teams last year and stuff. So uh, definitely a guy that, that's uh, had a good history really the whole time he's been at Missouri so far. So I'm excited to, uh, to see what he looks like. I'll just add one name. Um, I'm really interested to see what kind of season Alberto gets off to, like kind of early on. Yeah. Um, if 
if he looks really good and, you know, hopefully we're seeing Missouri pull away in the third quarter and maybe pull some starters for the fourth quarter. But if he goes out there in the first half and catches five or six balls and has a, has a nice touchdown or something like that, and then we're able to get Daniel Parker Jr. some reps, mm-hmm. that I just I really want to see him be productive. And he's always been incredibly efficient. And I think he might see an uptick in touches this year. Mm-hmm. And so if he can keep that efficiency even a little bit, I think he'll have a really special season. Yeah. And I just want to see him get off to a good start. So that'll be one to watch. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how they use him uh, maybe differently than they have before. I think they may try to, I mean, he's been very t- touchdown dependent um, so far as far as just the plays that he makes. I mean, um I mean, we've talked about it the last few weeks. He has like 17 career touchdowns and like 18 career games or yeah. something. But I want to see, and I think what NFL people will want to see this year is him being used more in just the overall passing game, not just whenever we get in the red zone. Um, <clears throat> will we go to, to him for, you know, a, just a third and three in the middle of the field or something like that? I think I want to see him be more involved um, throughout the whole game or no matter where we are in the drive. Definitely agree with you there. Um, and obviously, yeah, I mean, watching Kelly Bryant play his first game as a Missouri Tiger is, yeah, that's hopefully if the season goes really well, that'll be one that we remember, remember for a really long time. Right. It's going to be weird not to seeing somebody other than Drew Locke, yeah. man. He played four years and never missed a game from injuries or anything. Talking so. about that BYU game earlier. And that seems like forever ago. Yeah. It, it kind of was. Yeah. It, it, I mean, think about how different Missouri's program is from a football standpoint and just almost a university standpoint from yeah. what it was uh, four years ago. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm ready for your official prediction. Get, if you if you can give me a score prediction, I'd really I'd really enjoy that. Okay, I'll give you 41 to 17 in Missouri. I don't think that Missouri will score that high consistently this year, but I think they probably will this weekend. I like that. I like that 17 for Wyoming. I'm going to copy you there, and then I'm going to say that Missouri only scores 38. Overall, I think this obviously is a game that Missouri should easily win, uh, but something just kind of sketches me out about a you know an away game against a non-Power 5 opponent to start off the year when Barry Odom's teams don't have a great history of starting off the year strong. There's always there's just a little bit of concern. I mean, not that they're going to lose the game, I guess. I, I don't think that they're going to lose the game really in any scenario, but just that the game's maybe closer than we want it to be or that there's some kind of panicking. I don't know. I, I, I hope that we just go in there and cruise, obviously, but yeah. um, I don't know that we will. Well, I mean, watching going back to that Florida-Miami game, and I, I tweeted about this. This whole offseason, we've been talking about the players and them executing and, you know, just how fun it's going to be to watch them play. And then I watched that first, basically the first college football game of the year, and I saw penalties and turnovers and missed calls by the officiating staff. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is what college football is. Anything can happen. This is not... uh, I don't know. Like, this, a, like a video game yeah, where everything is, is yeah. like perfectly as it should. Right. This is not just the players line up and execute uh, perfectly and the better team wins. And there's so many intangibles too. I mean, obviously the players, I mean, the players are thinking about things. I don't know. They, they're they thinking about the altitude, even though it may not be 
a real big factor. They may not feel a huge difference in their stamina or whatever it is, but they're still thinking about it. And they've, they've gone through things in their, in their preparations for the game that they're thinking about. And I think I even read maybe on power Mizzou that some of the players have been drinking uh, beet juice, which is supposed to uh, help them with their stamina for this game uh, with the altitude difference and everything. Not to be confused with beetle juice, (laughs) beet juice. uh, So, and apparently it is like the worst tasting thing ever. (laughs) So, uh, I guess that shows you that they, they're really determined to uh, to do what it takes to be conditioned and, and win. Yeah. I just, I'm just scared for the first time that there is a blown call or just a horrendous penalty yeah. or a horrendous turnover and I'm just pulling my hair out. I know. Please okay. let it wait. Maybe let's get, let's wait till like week five before anything too disastrous happens it's it's because it sucks because i know how emotionally invested i am and how like right now i'm just like uh i'm like a kindergartner walking into school for the first time like all right i'm ready to learn like i'm ready for school like i'm ready for this this season to start i'm really excited about all these players and uh, but I know at some point in the season, like they're going to lose a game they shouldn't and the, or a call is going to go the way it shouldn't. And I'm going to be like heartbroken, you know, because that's just that's what makes football fun. And that's what makes the highs highs high and the lows low. But um, I, you're exactly right that it kind of hits you hard. Like, wow, a missed call. Like, yeah, haven't you know, I haven't seen something like that in a while. <laughs> it's been a whole offseason of of perfection, you know, right. I haven't, in your head. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we're both predicting a Missouri win in week one. Uh, let's take a look now at the entire SEC slate for week one. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, but we did this last year and every week we picked every SEC game. I think I may have just skipped over some like when like Georgia Alabama was Vanderbilt. playing Corpus Christi or something like that. Oh, gotcha. gotcha um, yeah. Because it just didn't really make sense. But uh, the way this works is you get a point for just getting the winner correct you get two points if you create correctly predict an upset an upset being the the line yes an upset against the point spread that espn shows me when i pull it up on uh podcast recording day (laughs) gotcha um now last year i kind of destroyed you in this competition (laughs) um I don't know. It was complete luck on my part. Like I don't have any special gift with picking uh, SEC football games. So I you think, might. Well, if I do, I don't really know about it, so I couldn't rely on it. <clears throat> so we'll see how it goes this year. Let me uh, pull up the list here. I think we actually have an SEC versus SEC game this weekend. I think Georgia and Vanderbilt play, which obviously Georgia should should easily win but it's still kind of cool that there's a game that you know is important to the sec east standings this week yeah that is kind of i mean i feel Seems like very early for that yeah i feel like oh, i could be wrong but i feel like when missouri was in the big 12 we just didn't see that much like i feel first, like we don't like see it week one week two we never saw that yeah and i feel like in the sec every year not always there's week maybe one, one game but there's a lot of like week two each year there's a conference matchup and mm-hmm. it always kind of surprises me uh, so we don't get to pick Florida. Um, we're going to skip Texas A&M versus Texas State. But we are going to pick Kentucky hosting Toledo. And Kentucky is an 11.5 point favorite at home. I actually think Toledo is pretty good and has a chance in this game. Um, I think they will probably they they could cover that 
Um, but I don't know that they'll win. So I'll pick Kentucky, but I think that could actually end up being a pretty competitive game. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick Kentucky as well. Then we have Memphis hosting Ole Miss. So Ole Miss going on the road against a non-conference opponent, kind of like what Missouri is doing, but they're playing a much better opponent in Memphis. Memphis is actually a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home. I saw that. Um, I'm going to pick Ole Miss um, for that upset pick, you know. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. It is interesting that, that Memphis is favored. They're both kind of similar teams uh, in a way. They both have high-powered offenses, not that great defense. Uh, but that that'll definitely be one to keep an eye on. And it's an opponent that uh, Missouri obviously will will play in Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm going to pick Ole Miss just because I want them to win, and so Missouri will have the best, uh, be be playing the best teams that they can to improve their uh, resume. And I got to keep up with you if you do happen to get that upset right. Uh, seems silly, but we are going to pick Duke versus Alabama in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. Even though Duke is a Power 5 opponent, Alabama is favored by 34.5 points. Wow. Man, I guess uh, Duke did just lose Daniel Jones. But, yeah, I mean, obviously I got to pick Alabama, but that spread seems very large, especially for... I mean, Alabama is dominant, but I feel like they don't normally aren't... They don't normally, like, run up the score, right. if you know what I mean, I yeah. guess. But uh, yeah, obviously I'm going to pick Alabama as well. I just thought it was kind of crazy. If I was picking against the spread, I'd be really tempted to take yeah, Duke there. I think I think I might too. All right. A little bit better matchup in this one. We've got South Carolina going on the road to face their rival, North Carolina. And in that one, South Carolina is a 10-point favorite. That seems large to me. Uh, I think it'll be a pretty good game. I don't know much about North Carolina. But I'll just go ahead and pick South Carolina just because, kind of like you said earlier, I just kind of want them to win as the SEC team. Yeah, me too. I'm picking South Carolina as well. Uh, Then let's go to Georgia going on the road against Vanderbilt. Georgia, a 22-point favorite on the road. Uh, Yeah, I'll pick Georgia, but consider me the biggest Vanderbilt fan ever this weekend. Yeah. Man, how cool would that be to... uh, uh, to see Georgia go down <laughs> week one against an SEC team. Yeah, that would be That'd incredible be to see a, a one in the loss column for them early. Yeah. Vanderbilt might surprise you. You never know. True. Playing at home. Uh, I kind of wanted to do Arkansas-Portland State just for the meme, but um, <laughs> we're going to skip that one. Arkansas did lose to... I don't know. I was just thinking they lost like to somebody. Texas, I yeah, think I think that's who year. it was. Yeah. Um, but we're going to skip that one and do Oregon versus Auburn. Yeah, that's kind of the game of the week. Uh, the two ranked teams. Um, Oregon's probably favored, aren't they? Auburn They're... is favored by three and a half. Auburn's favored. Okay. Oregon's, Oregon's ranked 11th. Oregon is ranked Auburn's higher. Ranked 16th. Uh, did you say where this game is? I didn't, but I'll find it right now. It is... At AT&T Stadium, Dallas. Okay. I'll pick Auburn. I think Oregon's a little overrated, personally. I think Oregon has the number one pick in the 2020 NFL draft. That's true. And I think they'll win. 
and that would give me upset points, so seems worth the risk. And that looks like it's the only other meaningful game. Do you think you would have picked Florida in that matchup, right? Yeah. I think I would have too. And I wanted Florida to win because uh, Missouri plays them later. All right. So then that just leaves one more game to pick this week, and it is whoever Nebraska is playing. Um, USA. They're playing the United States National College Football Team. <laughs> No, that's actually South, South, Alabama. South Alabama. And producer Cameron, you got the spread for me on that one? Yeah, Nebraska is favored by 36 and a half. Yoza. This is a tough pick for me. <laughs> Last year, Kyle picked against Nebraska in like every single game, I think. <laughs> it worked pretty well. Yeah. Pretty good strategy. Last year, right, Cameron? Yeah. But this year, you don't want to throw any games away. I don't want to throw any games away because I don't want you to stomp me like you did last year, even though you still might. Uh, I'll pick Nebraska against South Alabama. I'll do it as well, although there's no way it's by 36.5 points. Really? Yeah. I'll take – if you want to take Nebraska as the favorite, I'll put $5 on USA – with the points covering the spread yeah might as well okay, it's a deal i'm already go. gonna nice. get 20 off you later we got a lot of side bets going we yeah, agreed earlier this week to bet nebraska's win total versus missouri's win total if it's a push at the end of the regular season nobody wins but if nebraska has more wins than missouri and actually you took them up on that deal as well didn't you i did yeah, yes, with I, both I sure did <laughs> Uh, Cameron's on the hook for $10 if uh, Missouri has a better regular season record than Nebraska. Seems like easy money for us. That's easy money. And I just need Nebraska to not run up the score on USA. Well, lots, of, lots of things to, to When's watch that this game? weekend. Saturday morning? Yes, 11 a.m. Cool. Missouri plays on like CBS Sports Network or something. Yeah. I hope I have that channel. I might. <laughs> you probably do. I do not, because I don't have any channels except what I can stream on <laughs> ESPN app. So I'm going to... I probably need to go check that when I go home. Yeah. I'm going over to my father's house to watch the football game and have some fried fish. Good, because just in case hush the curse is still alive by any chance. <laughs> the curse is so broken. It's so dead. I hope. It's so dead you'd have to go listen to last year's episodes <laughs> to even know what we're talking about. That's exactly right. <laughs> Um, I think that's the episode this week. Unless you have any last minute thoughts you need to get out there. I think that's it. Uh, wow. Really? We're signing off for the last time before the beginning of the season. Super excited. This has been an agonizing week as I have been thinking about all the fun stuff that's happening this weekend. It can only go down from here. It can only go down. So with that, you can find this, uh, this uh, podcast and all of our other podcasts on Apple Podcasts iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter at C underscore Albert Await. Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week. Go USA. Go Huskies. 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 Washington. Uh, <laughs> you threw me off there. I thought I was going to have to dump that because you were talking about Nebraska. <laughs> 
It's like since when is their mascot a husky? <laughs> I was about to say, if you said go Oscars, I was gonna say that's never making the episode. I should have held out the uh, skis.